Hi, friends. Welcome to I Have Been Through Some Shit, the podcast. My name is Dawn, and I've been through a lot of shit. I am a narcissistic and domestic abuse survivor, and in order to combat my fear, I started educating myself on everything narcissism. Today's episode is going to be about narcissists abusing the court system. I have a lot of information. I also will do a story time based around uh, what I've been through in my life around this topic. And so if you will hang on, we're going to get started and I'm glad you're with me. I don't know who out there has had experience with this. Uh, In the past 15 years, I have been in court four times with ex-narc abuser. The least amount of time was one year. The most amount of time was three years. So why do they like to abuse the court system, which is already backed up? Why do they do this? Because it gives them control and they want their way. From Psych Central, I got some information that I think is very interesting. Number one, they bring, like to bring, frivolous lawsuits. They'll file senseless lawsuits just so the opposing party has to hire an attorney and incur expenses. The point is to get you to drop and give them their way. I never dropped. I always felt like it was important for me to fight back and thus Yes, a lot of time, a lot of energy, and a lot of money was wasted. Number two, they also will file false accusations. They'll project their issues onto their opponent, and you'll have to defend yourself. And when you make a similar charge on the narc, the court is not going to like that. Let me get into that a little bit. So let's say that the narcissist has filed a lawsuit on you. Let's say that they are calling you out for the thing that they do. When you obtain an attorney and you come back with, hey, no, it's not me. It's actually you. The court tends to be looking at you then saying, well, this other person is accusing this person, so now this person looks a little weird because they're coming back with the same accusation. It is not right, and that's why I firmly believe that we need to have people that know and that are experts in narcissism in our court systems. I don't know how you go about making that happen, but we need experts that can sniff these people out, in my opinion. Number three, they love to game the system. They like to use laws designed to protect, to manipulate. So for example, if they are not going to allow their child to speak to the other parent on their time, because it would give that parent more time than them. 
it's disgusting. It's so ridiculous that another parent would have more time based on a phone call. But I have dealt with this. <sighs> Number five, they're going to bring senseless motion motions to delay hearings. Okay, they love to drag things out because it feeds their ego and they feel like they are in control of the whole situation. And to a varying degree, they are in control of the situation when it's allowed to happen. In my last case, which was a custody case, which um, that case went on for three years. This happened so many times. I would have to take off work. I missed business trips to New York. I missed so much having to go to court for a senseless thing that was filed and nothing would happen. But he loved that. It's a game. And he absolutely loved that. And I just had to get to a place where I wasn't even bothered by it anymore. I just had to realize that that was what was happening. And I had to go along with it. So, yeah. Number six, perjury. Uh, they love to lie. They'll lie about anything. If the sky is blue, it's raining. If you've got on a shoes with laces, no, I'm wearing a loafer. I mean, it does not matter. They'll lie. They'll lie to a jury. They'll lie to their lawyers. They'll lie to everyone about everything. Number seven, they will lose use loopholes. They love to find loopholes to, to use in their favor and to dodge issues. Yep. Number eight, jury tampering. So, you know, they love to intimidate jury members. In addition, in one of my cases, he had texted me that he knew a family court judge. The judge had told him that no matter what happens, he was going to win the case. I took those text messages, sent them to my lawyers. My lawyer goes into that courtroom and says to the judge, hey, this guy, I have text messages saying that he said that you said he's going to win this case no matter what. So she had to recuse herself from our case, and rightfully so. Mm -hmm. They will even try to file false police reports um, they will file uh, a restraining order on you, and then they'll show the restraining order to your friends, your family, and use it to slander you and to say, hey, you know, look, this is the crazy person over here. This, She's the one that's crazy. Um, and they get away with these things, and it's not fair. I don't know what we do about it, but in... In what I've been through, it's an issue. There's a lot of time, money, a lot of mental abuse, a lot of emotional abuse that comes along and PTSD and CPTSD from thinking I'm getting ready to have something filed on me. Because in my experience with my ex-narc abuser, if even if I just, let's say, I just did not agree with something that he was saying, making a change towards the kids, this, that, so much. Let's just say like an athletic team. I don't want the child to move to a different athletic team 
There's no reason to. I would get sued for that. It's ridiculous. And who has all the money to sue somebody all the time? Like this stuff costs a lot of money. It's amazing to me. But these people are out there and they love to abuse the system. And by the way, there are people in the system that have been stuck in the system that need the system. That's why this makes me so mad. So what do you do? In the next segment, I'll get to that. Be right back. So what do you do if narcissist or ex-narc, whoever is the narcissist, loves to abuse the court system? What do you do? Well, number one, if you're going to go against them, you're going to need to hire a lawyer. You need somebody in your corner specifically And you need somebody, if they have some background in narcissism or narcissistic people, that's even a bonus. Number two, document everything. I have binders, file folders. I have, from the custody battle, I have a three-drawer. It's called Sterilite. It's a container with like wheels on it. I have binders of information. I have folders on each child. I have um, the those uh, the the what the sections with the tabs that you put in the binders that are all color coded, so that I and when I would document, I document the the day the time, the place, who's telling me, so that if I need quick reference, I just pull open that tab to that thing. Uh, I had one for like police reports. Open that up. There we are. I can access that immediately. Your documentation with a narcissist is your best friend. Trust me. Number three, if you don't have ties with this person, move and, and go someplace else. I know easier said than done, but I thought I'd throw that in. Number four, please listen to me. Delete and block on all social media. If the narcissist's mother, father, sister, mama's brother's cousin, I don't care who, if they are on your social media, get them off. You do not want them seeing anything that you're doing um, because any of that can be turned and used against you, even if it's not the thing that it looks like. Let's say... You're at a party. Let's say you are have a glass of wine in your hand. Those people will screenshot that pic, send it to the narc, and all of a sudden you're an alcoholic with a binge drinking problem. Please trust me. Just get everybody off of your social medias. And even if you need to, you go MIA on socials until the damn thing is done. Okay. That's my two cents on that. Number five, get support. If you can confide in close friends, if you can join a group for PTSD, CPSD, CPTSD, which is something that I struggle with, which is complex, um, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, or if you can get in with a therapist that's helping you with your the emotions of what you're getting ready to go through, because things are going to be filed against you that are not true. It is normal human nature to want to clear our names. But 
sometimes it's not in our time frame. Believe me, I endured a 15-year smear, and I'm still waiting for my name to be cleared. But it's I just had to come to understand that it's never going to be the way that I want it to be. Uh, the next thing is, and you can hear like when I when I sigh, I mean, it's just a lot, isn't it? Number six, step back and let the narc self-destruct. And they will self-destruct. It just takes time. In my custody battle, certain things were adding up that were making, that he was outing himself with. But it was never one thing. Um, but they do various things that make people go, yeah, that ain't right. Let him do it, right? The hardest thing for me was when he was doing it to the children. And I'll get into that in a moment. All right, next, number seven, try to enjoy your life because whatever you're in is going to drag out. I mean, a year of your life, really, a year, that's a long time to be enmeshed in something that might be total bullshit. Um, It's not fair. It's not right. It brings up emotions in you. And it's hard to enjoy your life. Me, I would self-sequester. So I got used to self-sequestering where I only felt safe in my home. I would find it hard to go to work. I would find it hard to go bring the kids to athletic events because I didn't feel safe out in the open because I never knew what was going to happen to me. Who was going to look at me? Who was going to not be nice to me? Um, you know how it is when you're involved with these people. So I would say, you know, even though they're, they're accusing you of all these things, you have to be, you have to know in your own mind what is right and what is wrong. And if you need a therapist to help you, somebody that specializes in narcissistic abuse, please go do that. It would, it's, it's invaluable um, for you. So I'm going to get into in the next segment the things that I've been through. I'm going to briefly go through some of the ways that the court system was used or he tried to use the court system to bully me and to get his way. So if you hold tight for the next segment, I'll get into that. Be right back. I had mentioned before I had been in court four times in the past 15 years. If I add up how long everything actually took between all of the court cases, three, four, I would say probably about six or seven years total, almost half of the past of all of those years. It's a lot. It's a lot of time, energy, emotions, and money wasted. And let me tell you why I was there. So I fled the home with my kids. They were two and nine months at the time. We go, you know, we're going to get divorced. Fine. He tells me, if you get a lawyer, I'm going to kill you or I'm going to have you killed. I know somebody who will do it for the right amount of money. So you better watch your back in Target parking lot. Target of all places. Suppose it's like usually the happiest place on earth, right? It's kind of like Disney World. No fair. 
Anyway, that's what I was told. I believed him at the time because I was sick and I was in the middle of my abuse. He put the papers in front of me and I signed. Do not do this. Do not do this. You don't have to. They want you to. Find a good attorney or a group of attorneys who will advocate for you, who will go hard for you, and who knows a thing or two about narcissistic people. Please do this for yourself. You're worth it. Number two, the second time we were in, he claimed he didn't have any money and uh, we went because uh, he wanted to, cre- to, de- to decrease what he was paying for the children. We, I did have a lawyer for that. We came to an agreement and, uh, and then we went on our merry way. Number three, he wanted one of my children to switch schools. There was no reason to switch schools. I won that case. I had an attorney, but he had her so afraid if uh, I did not relent. And so even after I won, I still relented and I let the child go to the school for her own safety and to make her feel better about uh, her situation. Because he had intimidated her and scared the hell out of her uh, and just said, you know, backed her into a corner. And she was in the fifth grade at the time. Mm -hmm. All right. The custody battle. Number four. Uh, That was three years. Let me tell you how we got into that. My kids came home from uh, visitation one uh, day and they said, hey. We had to leave the house. Uh, Ex-narc was having a fit, beat up stepmom, and we fled, and we went and we sat in Walmart parking lot until he calmed down. That was the first time. The second time, stepmom, who was my friend at one time, remember, stepmom calls me in the middle of the night and says, we have to come to your house It's about 1130 at night. She says, he's beat me up. I'm coming. They have two kids. I'm coming with all of the kids. Your two kids and my two kids were coming to your house. My daughter also had a friend who had to be taken home at 1130 at night because all this had gone on because he was drunk. And this is something that I know. This is uh, an experience I know very well. So I open the garage. They all come in. Everybody is just petrified. And long story short, she tells me she's not going back. She goes back, which a lot of people do. And in the midst of the custody battle, the children are given their own attorney. That attorney will call in each child separately. Then they will call in the parents separately. I had to go in. And then he and her went in as a team. That attorney says, what's up with this? She says, it never happened. Stepmom says, it never happened. She's a liar. I never went over there. She's never helped me. And I almost lost my children. Okay. That's how all this got started. From then there on, the state that I am in, now the kids had a counselor at the time. The counselor works with the children's lawyer to decide what needs to happen. They sent 
the kids back into their in, into that environment because they need quote unquote him to hang himself and they need evidence because at this point at this time it's an open investigation okay now the kids are scared to death to go back over there i have to send them all right during this same time they are in counseling the counselor i hired for my children okay she's supposed to work for my kids that's not what wound up happening during a joint counseling session ex-narc and stepmom say to the kids you know you guys are lying i don't appreciate it this and that so through the course of time ex-narc and stepmother who i tried to help have now called the children liars and manipulated the counselor. Yes. So I get called in to children's lawyer's office and asked, why am I turning these kids against their father? Yes. That's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to hire counselors for your children, please make sure that they are experts in narcissism and in narcissistic abuse and that they know what it looks like. Uh, In my opinion, states need uh, a representative in courts, especially in family courts, that know about narcissism and narcissistic abuse because narcissistic abuse is abuse, in my opinion. And anyone who has endured it, I think, would agree with me. In the process of this court, this custody battle, uh, he would file motions just to elongate the process. You know, he never wanted to go in to court because he doesn't want to be exposed. Well, that's exactly what I'm getting ready to do is expose you. He also would not show up for depositions. And in the end, I know this guy really loves money. And that's what it came down to. So I basically negotiated for my children. Uh, It's, like I said, three years, and I knew how it was going to go. The lawyers told me in year one, I said, just I'll take everything on if he just goes ahead and signs, lets me have sole custody. I'll take on everything, college, expenses, medical, dental, everything. They tell me, no, you can't exchange money for kids. Well, in the next segment, I'm going to tell you how that's exactly what happened. Be right back. We were due within a week's time for depositions again, the third or fourth time that we had tried to set up depositions. Now, COVID didn't help either because things kept being canceled, rescheduled. It just was not a lot of fun. Uh, 
Additionally, you're trying to parent your kids. You have counselors and you have lawyers telling you, you can't say this, you can't do that. Well, parenting is difficult as it is. And you can't make a move during things like this without someone judging you. It's it's a horrible, horrible thing to go through. Um, that's all I can really say about that. So we're due, as I said, in depositions, and we are due for trial within about a month's time. I knew this guy is not going to show up for depositions because he's never shown up before. He always claims he's out of town, this, that, the other thing. And none of that's true, by the way. You know, he's always just like sitting at the house or or whatever he's doing. I say to my lawyers, this is going to end right now. It's been three years. I'm done. I've done everything that you have told me. I have uh, listened to everyone else tell me what I, what it is, what it's supposed to be, this and that. And I said, that's it. I'm not paying for depositions. I'm not paying any more money to go to trial because at this point, I'm about, I've paid about $50,000. Okay. Everybody gets paid in all of this. This is my experience. Okay. This is my experience. So I say, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to take on everything. The lawyer says, no, I really don't think you should do that. I said, well, I am because this is ending right now. If y'all want to get paid, this needs to end right now because I'm not incurring any more costs. She says, all right, I don't agree. But if you're insisting, I think that you should ask for sole custody. Yes, that's what I said three years ago. Perfect. We go. He doesn't balk about sole custody, does not say anything about it, does not even question it. He's questioning arrearage owed for child support. All right. Let me back up a moment. In the beginning of the custody battle, he stopped paying support toward for the kids. At that point, he owes thousands of dollars. He says he wants to abate arrearage. I say you can't abate arrearage. Arrearage is owed. You tell him, I'm going to take everything. I'm going to take college. I'm even going to take college. She says, I really don't think you should. I said, at this point, I'm, I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. I'm not going to be wasting one more moment of my life on any of this. She says, all right, I understand. Let me see what I can do. Blah, blah, blah. Day goes on. I get a phone call. It's done. Mm-hmm. I took on college. He signed off full, full cust- or sole custody. I have full rights to make decisions. I have sole custody of these children because I took on everything, including college. So how is it that you can't exchange children for money? I thought that's almost exactly what just happened here. Although you could disagree. You are perfectly allowed to disagree with me at any point. Of course, this is all from my point of view. So I'm going to wrap things up in just a moment, and I'm going to tell you what I think about all of this. Be right back. Narcissists use the court system, and they should not be allowed to do this. But unfortunately, 
the court system can't snuff out who a narcissist is. Time only does for that. And I understand that. So if you are involved with a narc who likes to abuse the court system, my heart goes out to you. I would say in hindsight for myself and the advice that I would give is if it is something that is important to you, perhaps try mediation. Now, I know I sound really stupid when I say that because how do you mediate with a narc? But there are people out there who can and that is what they do. I would say that. The other thing that I would say is that if it does not affect your life with your children or the visitation schedule, think very long and hard if it is worth, you know, getting a lawyer for. I think with narcissists, you have to pick and choose your battles. But having said that, I fought back on all of my battles. And what was taken from me was a lot. My time, my money, energy, uh, emotionally, it was hard. My marriage that I'm in now with my second husband and our family time, that suffered. But I believe that was the point to a lot of it, uh, was to try and wreck my life as much as possible. The children are older now. They're driving. They're in high school. They are working. They have some residual effects of all that they have been through and all that they have seen. There still is a lot coming out that I previously did not know about. I do believe in counseling. And if they came to me and said, I want to go talk to somebody, I surely would. But it would be someone who had uh, the knowledge of dealing with narcissistic abuse uh, and what it does to people's minds. So that's all I have to say about that. It is an abuse of the court system because, like I said, there are people that are in there that really, really, really need to be in there. And they need the help of the courts. But these people that bring, like if you, you know, you looked at me weird, so now I got to sue you. You know, there's these people out there and I just don't, I don't know why you even want to waste your money like that. Other than to just try and scare and try to prove a point. And I believe that's what it's all about. So you can get a lot more information on the web at psychcentral.com uh, for things like this. Um, also, I know that you can probably even, I have not looked into it yet, but I know that I have seen some channels on YouTube that are dedicated to this. And I've told you before, the people that I really like over on YouTube are ASSC Direct. Angie Atkinson, The Little Shaman, and Melanie Tonya Evans, they break things down for you in a way that you can understand and be educated on what you are dealing with when you're dealing with all this fuckery from these people. So that is my advice on people to watch. Um, so thank you, you guys. Thank you for being with me today. I know it was a lot of information, a lot of things from my point of view. And I certainly know that's kind of, you know, that's why I started this podcast is because there's a lot of us out there. 
a lot of us afraid to speak, and I was afraid to speak for years, and I decided that I'm not going to let silence slowly kill who I'm supposed to be because I'm trying to protect the situation I came out of or protect that person or those people. It's not fair. And so that's why I'm here, and I'm glad that you're with me. Thank you for listening to I Have Been Through Some Shit, the podcast. Again, I'm Dawn, and I will see you next time.